We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Coachable Podcast. Around here, we believe that life is the ultimate training ground for finding out what you are truly made of. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, high performance coach and breathwork facilitator. And each week I share intimate conversations and inspirational stories from some of the world's most successful people. It's time to stop standing on the sidelines of your life and get your head and your heart back in the game. So take a seat, grab a pen, because you're going to want to take notes as I pull back the curtain on the tools, resources, and inspiration that you need to unlock your inner champion. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Coachable Podcast. You are in for a treat because today I am joined by Nathan, who went from a soul-crushing nine-to-five job in IIT to being the founder of one of the fastest-growing online entrepreneurial brands in the world, Founder. He was frustrated with the lack of real advice from those that are wanting to grow and scale a business. And so Nathan launched Founder in 2013 to interview some of the world's biggest and greatest entrepreneurs. Flash forward, and Founder is now featuring people like Richard Branson, Mark Cuban, Ariana Huffington, and has amassed a global community of over 4 million people and grown to a multi-million dollar digital media network. So Nathan Chan, you're the man. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Tori. It's an absolute pleasure and uh, it's a real honor. I've been seeing your TikTok hmm. videos lately. Well, I'm glad they're finding somebody because it seems like they haven't been getting out to as many people as they used to. So I'm glad I'm glad they're finding you. But um, you guys, this is like round two. This is 2.0 on this episode because Nathan and I tried to have this discussion a couple weeks ago. And we had a complete malfunction of equipment. Then I got kidney stones and it was just, it's been, we've been jumping through some hoops to make sure that we are getting this episode and it's clean and good for you guys. And I'm just excited to finally have some structured time where we can sit down and chat and get to know each other a little bit more. I know you're all the way over in Australia. How are things there? And tell us just the backstory of how you started Founder. Yeah. So look, things in Australia are good. We're out of lockdown. Um, the only the only problem now is it's really mm. cold. We're in winter, so it's like super super cold. So I'm very jealous <laughs> of you guys in the United well, in States. Las Vegas, it's a hundred a hundred and twelve yesterday. <laughs> I think it was. It's insane the heat. So I'll we'll, we'll send you some over there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So I started Founder around eight nine years ago, and to be honest, Tori. I've never achieved or accomplished much uh, before starting Founder. I was never a very ambitious person. And honestly, like I never got great grades in school. Um, I kind of scraped through university. And I ended up getting a, a job uh, in IT support. I realized that this, this, this wasn't for me. And my parents, I remember even, they used to joke that if things don't work out for Nathan amongst family friends, that uh, they would get a, a lawn mowing franchise for me. So that kind of paints a bit of a picture of of uh, my life before Founder. And long story short, I started this digital magazine on the side. Now I started on the side um, while I was working my day job. And I started it because eight, nine years ago, I started to hear stories of friends of friends starting online businesses and doing incredible things. And I was really curious how people were doing this because I think entrepreneurship was an up and coming thing, but nowhere near what it's like now. And I just really wanted to know, like, 
if you have no experience in in building a business, how, how could you start a successful online business? And uh, it took me down this path of starting to interview people for the magazine. I didn't know where it would end up, but what I did realize pretty quickly was that all of these stories, I had to share them. And I was kind of like an, an investigative journalist. And so I started to publish the magazine and, and then the rest is kind of history. And then as time has gone on, we've always been an online education company, but as time has gone on, we're really, really focused now on online courses, building one of the largest online business schools in the world. And uh, yeah, I just kind of fell into it, but I I didn't realize um, I'd be doing what I'm doing today, but I saw a gap in the market. And ever since we've just been kind of sharing stories and experiences from super successful founders. So that's, that's, that's kind of us. Yeah, that's so fun. And I know there's so many people in our audience that they look at me, they look at other people online who have established personal brands or online businesses in whatever industry. And they're like, I think we sometimes have this perception that people just come out of the womb as an entrepreneur and with a business idea, knowing how to run a business. It's, we just put people on pedestals and think they've always been doing it and have always known how to do it. And it's so far from the truth. I know there are plenty of people that listen to this show that either have side hustles right now, or they've contemplated starting their own business, or they're in a job that they feel like is sucking their soul. And there's so many reasons why people don't get started. They don't take action. They stay in this state of dreaming and thinking about wanting to do it or comparing what their lives could look like to what they see online. But a lot of people don't have either the formal education or they don't have what they think is the information or the knowledge. And so what you're providing for people is so invaluable. I'm curious, it seems like you were building this online business as you were also figuring out and learning from other people, how do you start an online business? What do you think is the biggest thing that holds people back from actually taking the step and getting started with any any endeavor, any side hustle, any project that they're passionate about? Because it, it takes taking the first step to actually get started and start to grow the momentum. Because like you said, I mean, Founder started as a digital magazine and now it's grown and expanded to being a whole education company. And I imagine to the point that you just made, you didn't know you were going to be doing this, but you had to take the first step and just do the first, the first edition of the first magazine. Why do you think people, you know, are hesitant to get started? Two reasons. Uh, one, I think fear of failure is a massive one. It stems from this idea that how will you be perceived by others around you if it doesn't work? Instagram world, you know, you're always looking at everybody else's highlight reel. It's easy to, to see what others are doing and comparing yourself to others. So I think fear of failure is a massive one. And I'm here to tell you that you just got to go for it, right? Like life is too yeah. short to not do work you don't enjoy. So if you're not doing the work you enjoy, like we'd love to come on the journey with you and, and you know, please like look at our content, like look, look at our success stories, look at our yeah. students. Like it does take hard work. I'm not here to say it's easy, right? Building a business is really, really hard, it, but it's the one of the most rewarding things that you will ever do in your life. And it's really fun to create, but don't, don't get me wrong. It, it yeah. is really, really hard. So. I think fear of failure is a massive one. And, and the second one is this idea that, this thought that you don't have a good enough idea yet or everybody else is already doing these things. I don't know what to do. Once again, it's actually okay to create a business, one, that some, like it's, it's similar to somebody else's idea and two, that doesn't work out because what's the worst that can happen, right? Like you'll you learn a ton, sure. you might lose a bit of money, but you imagine the experiences that you will have gained. And I guarantee when you mm -hmm. when you go again the second time or even the third time, you'll finally get there. And I think it's 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 about wanting it bad enough. You know what I mean, Tori? Like for you to make your shift. Yes. Like you had to really want it bad enough. You know, it's not easy. Everyone knows that. I know a lot of people sell you that it's easy. We're not gonna tell you it's easy. But yeah, I, I think right. you have to want it bad enough too. And you have to be okay with that idea that you might fail or it might not work out, but you're gonna do whatever it takes to make it work. 
Yeah. What I'm hearing you say is you have to have that like growth mindset of like seeing failure as opportunity to learn and to, you know, to get better and to perfect your craft and try something new that it doesn't mean that you're not qualified or cut out for it. But it's like, okay, every rejection is redirection, right? And also that, yeah, you have to have the drive and the desire that out ways the desire for comfort or stability or something that might be like you might be getting from your current role or your current job it's like this is comfortable and this is familiar and this is safe but it also is completely unfulfilling and I dread going to work every day some people yeah they would rather stay in that safe space than take a risk on themselves but I think a lot of it too at least this is what comes up in our community a lot is this this self-doubt of like am I really cut out for this can I really do it is anyone going to care, right? That fear of judgment, but it's really that judgment of themselves. And frankly, it's an excuse. But the story that we we tell ourselves, it's like, oh, no one knows who I am or no one knows I exist. I actually got a message from a girl the other day who was saying, I would love to start a podcast. And that was one of her goals. And I was like, what's stopping you? And she said, no one knows I exist. And I was like, well, frankly, that's not true. <laughs> First of all, there are people that know you exist. And so we have to be honest with ourselves. And sometimes we're just painting a story or an image that's false. But I would love for you to kind of break the stereotype that maybe everybody already has this huge following and that's why they can do it. It's like, did you have a ton of people that were lining up ready to listen to, to what you had to say and read your your online magazine? Or was it something that you had to build over time? Because I think people think, oh, if I don't have a huge following, it's going to fail and what's the point? Yeah, so look, I want to be very, very clear, Tori, and, and break any kind of limiting belief there. When I started Founder, uh, I was working in a job where I was getting paid around $55,000 a year to fund it. Uh, it cost me $2,000 US off the back of my credit card. And I remember the first day that we launched, we made $5.50. In the first month, we made $80. In the second month, we made $150. I remember, if you go back, you can still go to founder.com forward slash magazine. You can see the first edition of the magazine. It didn't even have a successful person on the front cover. It had a stock mm. image. It's mm. so embarrassing because I didn't know what I, I was that. doing, right? Sure. Like no one would get back to me, had no audience, had no idea what I was doing. And then over time it worked out. And I never forget, right? Like I called in so many favors. Like there was a person I used to work with her name's Lucy Piper. And uh, when I got an interview with Richard Branson in the early days, and that was just from sheer hustle and determination. I remember, I never forget this. I remember seeing Lucy on the lift, in the lift, cause I, you know, the building we we're in, there was two floors. And mm -hmm. I, I caught her on the lift going up. And she, and she actually wrote the, the article for, for the Richard Branson interview and helped me with the questions. And I remember she said, how's Founder going? And I was probably about 12 months in. And I said, yeah, look, it's going okay, but I just still haven't got that traction one yeah. year in. I was like, I still haven't got that traction. And she's like, yeah, Nathan, it'll come. Just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep, just keep hustling, just keep putting out content and it'll come and and I remember itching feeling like yeah it's just still so early days and I was itching and to be honest some of those days Tori still were some of the funnest times hmm. and yeah it just takes time to, yeah. to, to build right it's yeah. you just have to be patient and I know it's easy to compare yourself to others I know it's easy to, to look at what others are doing and what's happening for others but every single person has gone through this process and mm -hmm. you only see the end result like you you know you're you're watching or listening to this and you're looking at a founder or, or yourself Tori and it's like mm -hmm. oh wow that's impressive but it has been a long journey and a long road to get here but the sure. the, the consistent thing is I've just shown up every day yeah and I've been disciplined well, and I love this stuff right like this is what I was born to do yeah it's I think what you just said is the consistent 
showing up, the consistent creating, the consistent putting out the content. It's the consistency which compounds on itself, which then results in an outcome that would have never been able, you would have never been able to achieve if you hadn't shown up every single day. It's like just inching your way towards progress every day, moving the needle, moving the ball. I talk about that so much with my students and that takes dedication. It takes a level of commitment to saying, this is what I'm going to do regardless of what other people think, what challenges I face. I'm committed to people that I look up to and I admire, whether it's like the Richard Bransons or the the Mark Cubans or like the people that you've interviewed, right? And when I look at all of the I've interviewed as well and I just think, wow, they're so amazing. I'd love to be like that one day. I'd love to be like Oprah one day, you know? And I think about everyone that we look up to, those are the doers. They're not just thinkers, right? They're not just dreamers. They're doers. They get up and they go and they they put in the work, they put in the reps. And we see people get congratulated or recognized on big stages or, you know, well, Nathan has a multi-million dollar digital media network. But what we don't see is all of the work that happens behind the scenes to make that possible. All of the time, all of the late nights and early mornings when you were full-time at your other job. How long were you doing founder and building that on the side before you went full-time and left your corporate job? Yeah, so um, it was about 14 months. Uh, and I remember you talk about on the side, like I remember I used to get up early in the morning before work and I would do interviews. Like I'd find a meeting room at, at the office of the company I worked at. I'd find a meeting room, take all my mm -hmm. podcast gear, and I do do interviews before I started work. Sometimes I do interviews on my yeah. lunch break, and then I'd go home, hmm. do more work, and then I'd see my partner and our fiance. So yeah. yeah, it took about 14 months. Yeah. And I think the key thing there as well, to feel comfortable, because I know it's scary. I remember I was super scared to, to go all out on my own. So what I did was I had a buffer I had it was somewhere between three to six months I saved up three to six months of my expenses like you know my rent uh, you know, living expenses uh, you know food bills all that kind of stuff I had mm -hmm. three to six months in savings as a buffer if something went wrong because I'm actually a fairly risk-adverse person yeah and so yeah it took about 14 months to build it up and then yeah went went full-time so mm. about a year yes Somebody gave me that advice. It was actually my a client of mine when I was in corporate who's uh, the head of one of the biggest law firms here. And he um, was also a very, very close friend. And when I was contemplating leaving my corporate job to start my business, he was like, if I would was talking to my, you know, my boy or my son right now, I'd tell him you need three to six months. So I got that advice too. I didn't take it. Um, I, I don't, I advise most people to do it. I, I am a little bit more open to taking risks, I guess, because I just jumped ship and built the, built the parachute on the way down. Um, and it's, everybody has their own journey, right? For me, it was about, I felt an urgency, an urgency to get started and to give my full attention and commitment to something. Because for me, at that point, I felt like I was straddling a fence and that my energy was split into two things and I wasn't really making progress in any one direction. But that's not to say that that's the same for everybody. So I think it's important to hear different perspectives and mine certainly um, more of the minority in terms of how people make that transition. So I think it's really good to hear that and that it's going to have these not necessarily realistic expectations, but give yourself time to actually like show up and if a year from now you're still as dedicated and excited and inspired to do the thing as you were the year before okay great you know but a lot of us we are so multi-passionate we get started with something and then we see something else that we want to do we're like oh now i'm gonna go try that instead and then we don't stick to any one thing long enough to see it succeed yeah so i think that's a common one as well not having that focus and not having that kind of yeah I guess ability to kind of see it through because by all accounts, I should have stopped doing founder. Like by all accounts, Tori, like the money we were making, a lot of people would have given mm -hmm. up. And that's the truth, right? Like a lot of people would be like, oh, I only made $80 in the first month. I think, you know, in this, in this you know, in six months time, it was probably making like $500. And like, mm -hmm. it, yeah, I think about that time. Yeah, it took, it took a while, but to, to get to break even, but yeah, I, I think yeah. a lot of people would have just 
kind of gone, oh, well, that's not much. Like, why do I do this? Mm-hmm. And I think it's actually really, it's really dangerous. Like, it's it's fun, don't get me wrong, to come up with new ideas and work on new different things all the time. But it's actually really dangerous in the sense that if you're always coming up with new ideas and always starting new things, you, you lose traction, right? Like, it's, it's easy to start. Mm-hmm. It's harder to actually build and actually to... To, to get that yeah. traction but to be honest Tori at the time it took me it took me at least a year to kind of go you know when I went full-time on founder that's when I realized I remember sitting down with one of my one of my mentors at the time who's the CEO of the company I was working at and I said look I've got an opportunity I think to build a lifestyle business or a big business and he said to, I said but I don't know what to do and he said oh look he said I think you should build a big business. And that's when the vision really evolved, right? But it hasn't always been this big, grandiose vision of what we're trying to build a founder. It kind of, it built up and, and over time, I realized the opportunity that we could build one of the largest online business schools in the world. Like that, that there's nothing out there like this where we, we have a lot of people that are on, featured in founder on the front cover of our magazine. We're still getting more to teach give back on our platform so yeah I guess that mm-hmm. the, the thing that I'm trying to share with people is I know it's easy to start other businesses I know it's easy to kind of look at what you're currently doing you might be doing it for a year and it's not getting the traction you're looking for and it's easy to just say okay well I'll do something else but you've got to really look yourself in the mirror and say hey have I really given this my all hey are there other people mm-hmm in the same industry, niche or market, doing what I'm doing and making it work. Because if they are, yeah. that's telling you something. It's telling you you shouldn't give up. But at the same time as well, mm-hmm. if you don't love it and you're not enjoying it and it's not a passion and it feels, like don't get me wrong, it is a grind sometimes, but like if it's not, if you're not having days where you're like, this is the best, you're having fun, you do this for free and you're not making any money, then then maybe it's, it's not the thing for mm-hmm. you, right? Maybe it is another business. It's a really tricky one, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think it, it requires you to do what you said. Do some internal reflection, be willing to look yourself in the mirror and reconnect with what is my why, the deeper purpose behind why I do what I do. Because if it's, you know, rooted in just, oh, I want to get followers or I just want to become famous or this, that, and other, it's like, but why? But why do I want that? Or what is the message I want to share? Why do I want to build this thing? Because there's likely, for me at least, there was a pain that I was experiencing that then I had resolved for myself and I was like, I need to show people this is possible. I have to give this away. This has changed my life and I can't not talk about this. I can't not share it. And that took a long time, you know, like that took me 27 years to to come across it. But when I did, that was why I think for me it felt so urgent because it became so clear um, that this was worth pursuing. This was worth committing to it, giving everything that I... As soon as I decided to start my business, I sold my house. I put it on the market. I was like, I'm going to give myself every opportunity to be successful. I don't want anything holding me back from being able to run in this direction fully. And so there was a deep level of trust that I had to have, you know, to say, we're going to do this and we're going to do it fully, you know, and that requires being willing to let go of a lot of, you know, things that are comfortable and familiar and all of that that I mentioned earlier. And what I've found just from the nature of the business that I'm in and similar like you, I get to interview incredible people doing incredible work. And I'm just curious, like as founders grown and you've interviewed some really, really profound, some of the greatest leaders and entrepreneurs there are, like have there been any things things that stood out to you about those people that they all have in common in regards to like what makes them so successful? Mm. Well, the first thing is, I think it's really good to acknowledge that, that they're just human beings at the end of the day, right? They're, they're no different to you or I, and they still stand on the same rock solid hard ground uh, and they're, they're, they're human. And I think it's easy to put yeah. really successful people on a pedestal and be like, wow, you know, but um, 
I think there's a, there's a few there's a few traits, right? There's the there's this idea that these people are really good at identifying talent and, and having really smart other successful people around them to help them build their business. And I think oftentimes if you're just seeing the the founder or the CEO as as the spokesperson, but there's many 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 people behind them doing all sorts of things to build that business but how, how do you get there you have to have this ability to identify incredible talent and really great people to have around you I think that's mm-hmm. that's absolutely key um, and that is a critical one I think when it comes to leadership and the ability to be able to talk to a vision and really articulate that vision and really be able to take people on that journey and rally and inspire. Once again, how do you find those people that are gonna go with you on that journey? I think that that is, and over time, you know, the, the, the people uh, you know, change over time, but like that ability to articulate that vision. Look, it's, it's just sheer extreme hard work. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, you know, I was speaking to Mark Lore, he founded Jet.com, he sold it to Walmart mm-hmm. for I think three billion. And you know, it was really funny. So he, he owns one of the basketball teams now. I can't remember which one, uh, one of the NBA teams. And he was just mm-hmm. laughing because he told me he didn't sleep for like a week or something to get to do something, right? Like he was just like it was crazy. Wow. But like that's just what you that's just what he did. Mm-hmm. Like and I think it comes back to that hard work piece, like to, to get to that sure. level, it takes extreme amounts of hard work and probably to the detriment of your health, right? Like probably to the detriment yeah. of your health. That's just that's just straight facts. Like I, I don't I don't think yeah. that any of these super, super successful founders, especially I guess billionaires or multi billionaires, I don't think they're working, you know, like a like an eight to six like I think it's it's it, it's an extreme obsession I think that that it has to be mm-hmm. right it has it has to be an extreme yeah. obsession to keep you going um, I also I also find that one thing you'll find interesting is I've asked a few people this um, like I remember asking the co-founder of Airbnb Joe Jebbia you know one of the most uh, largest companies in the world now and I also asked uh, the co-founder of Reddit this question as well, Steve Huffman, um, one of the most visited websites in the world. I said, is it ever enough? Is it ever enough? Because I think everybody watching or listening to this, when you do get somewhere or you, because you, you tell yourself, like we always, we're always telling yourself, when I get here, it'll be awesome. And then you get there and you forget and then you right. move to the next thing. You go, oh, when I get here, or if you're going through some, some form of adversity, which you always do, in, you know, whether you have a business or whatever in life, you always tell yourself these stories. Yeah. So I asked, like I asked them, like, is it ever enough? And even even for these super successful people, that are billionaires, multi-billionaires, and the richest people in the world, it's not. And I think there's a there's a level mm-hmm. of comfort in that, knowing that mm-hmm. you can look at these people that it, it it looks like they have it all, but for them. They just want to evolve. They just want to keep growing. Mm-hmm. And if you can have that mindset yeah. of just always wanting to evolve, always want to keep growing, like I'm not saying you're going to be a billionaire, but it's, it's going to put you on the right path. I want to take a quick second to invite you for an opportunity to join me for an exclusive 75-minute virtual breathwork class. Now, if you've never heard of breathwork before, this is one of the most powerful modalities that you can use to relieve stress, become more creative, sleep better, and heal yourself from the inside out. Breathwork has absolutely changed my life, and if you want to hear that story, you can find an entire podcast episode called You Are the Drug, where I actually talk to my teacher. Samantha Skelly, who helped me go through a seven-month trauma-informed breathwork facilitator program. And I'm not the same after experiencing not just that program, but learning how to use my breath as a way to calm my nervous system, as a way to regulate when I'm going through stressful or overwhelming situations, and how to really just 
get out of my head and into my body. The best way I can describe it is the difference between knowing that you're okay, knowing that you're loved, and actually feeling your own love for the first time. And I struggled for so many years with body dysmorphia and feeling like I was crawling out of my skin, almost like wanting to trade my body in for another one because I had such a level of discomfort uh, feeling anything. Breathwork helped me to feel again and love again and connect with my intuition and my creativity and my sensuality in ways that I'd been so blocked from, I thought I would never be able to reconnect with. But Breathwork helped me do that. And I want to offer you guys an opportunity to experience that for yourself. I've had such an enormous response from the clients that I work with around how transformational this has been for them. So I've decided to host a monthly Breathwork class and you can join me virtually from anywhere in the world. It's 75 minutes in a facilitated safe space with other breathers. And all you have to do to join is go to my Stan store. You can find it on my Instagram or TikTok link in bio. We'll also put the link in the show notes for you to make it super easy. It's only $25 to join. We have upcoming sessions in July on the 13th and August on the 11th. And we're trying this out. So if there is an enormous response, we're going to continue to add more classes. But this is our opportunity that we want to provide for you guys to join me uh, in our upcoming class on July 13th. So go over to the link that's in the show notes for Breathwork and you can sign up there. All right, without further ado, we'll jump back into the episode. Definitely, I think there's so many good points there. One, I heard you say like basically you can't be successful on your own. Like that was the first thing you said. It's like I think a lot of us, when we start to dedicate ourselves to – this happens every year, right? At at January 1st and we're like here are my goals and this is what I'm going to do this year and this is how I'm going to show up and what I want to accomplish. And we think we can do it on our own and then you get into the gym or you get, you know, two weeks into creating content every day or whatever your commitment is. You're like, oh, actually my enthusiasm is waning and this is hard and now resistance has shown up and all of the excuses and all of the reasons why, you know, it would be easier not to do it. But when I think about, yeah, everybody that I know that's ultra successful, it's like, I can't, I didn't get here on my own. I had a a army of people, a team of people behind me that helped me to to get there and that I leaned on for support. And one of the things I always said in my business is like, I can't be all things to all people and I don't want to be. I don't want to be like, I can't have an expertise in everything. I can't be expert in, in legal and in finance and in marketing. And, and, and sometimes at the beginning, you have to be, you know, you have to wear all of the hats. But at some point, I think for me, the best thing I started to do was to outsource and to delegate and to bring in almost like if, if I was drafting an all-star team, I think of it in that way. It's like, who would I draft as my, you know, the best person I know who can do editing for podcasts? Who's the best person I know that can help me with my accounting? Who's the, and my taxes and my, you know, everything. And I'm going to bring in the best person I know for that, that I can afford right now. And then that's how I'm going to build my team out because I don't have the capacity or the time to learn all the things that they know. I can invest my time and energy in getting coaches and mentors, but one of the things all my coaches and mentors said was go hire, you know, delegate and hire people who are better than you, who can do it better than you can. Yeah, I think that's spot on. And I think, you know, one thing um, one of my other mentors uh, taught me, uh, Mitch Harper, who actually, yeah, I think I think he's a billionaire now. Um, he, he started a company called Big Commerce, uh, so it's a competitor to Shopify, and he actually teaches teaches a course on our platform um, around how to kind of validate a software idea. And uh, I remember that one of the most awesome things that he taught me, and I always carry it with me everywhere. He said to me once, Nathan, like, whatever problem that you're facing in your business, I guarantee you there's somebody out there that has solved it, and it's your job to go out and find that person and learn from them. It's not about what, it's not about how, it's about who. Who has done it? Who can you learn from? Because that's how you get shortcuts. And everybody listening to this, you want shortcuts. You wanna get there faster, right? And 
it's it's tough yeah. like to be honest like in the beginning yeah. to kind of be vulnerable and put yourself out there or even saying like and putting that ego aside and saying hey i don't know the answer to this question i'm going to put myself out there and find somebody that does and whether that's through coaching whether that's yeah. through mentorship whether that's through networking whether that's through any form of community that you're a part of yeah yeah but that is so key right like what you were saying like is so 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 key especially if you want to get there faster like if you want to outlearn your competitors mm -hmm. that is one of the fastest ways you can Completely. get there yeah great and the other thing i heard you say too was just like a ruthless desire to keep growing and evolving and i think there's this delicate balance right between contentment and then this drive and this incessant need for more like i think there's a there's a dark side to that where we can feel like we're never we're constantly chasing and on the hamster wheel and on to the next thing that we're not ever taking time to enjoy and to rest and to play and like actually celebrate the success and the wins that we've had along the way and find fulfillment in that. I think Tony Robbins is, talks a lot about like the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment because there are a lot of people out there who are who are achieving and have resumes that would blow anyone away and bank accounts that could make your eyes roll back in the he your head. But there are other parts of their lives that are suffering and failing, including their health. And so I think for me at this point in my life and, and where I hoped, like I've got this ruthless desire to build something that's going to impact the world, but not at the expense of my own health or my relationships or the things that I value that that enable me to do this that enable me to show up that enable me to like be able to show up at my best and my health is obviously a huge one of those um and I think when that can also be dangerous so I think when we get out of balance or we we fall too far to one side of that pendulum we all sort of have to find our way in that regard so that we don't burn out and that we don't lose you know our energy and our passion our enthusiasm for doing what we do because that's also a you know it's a risk and it would be a tragedy and it is for so many people that have so much they want to give and offer the world and then they just they run out of fuel to do it mm. they don't take care of themselves yeah i agree look i i experienced burnout for the first time uh early last year you know, it, like, uh, you know, Melbourne Melbourne has been the, the longest, I think, lockdown in, in the world, maybe, maybe not anymore, yeah. but it was. Um, and I was working super hard and uh, during the COVID era and and then, like, I, we come out of it last year and I just, I didn't know what was going on, but I, I was burnt out mm -hmm. and uh, it took yeah. a lot of work to get back on track and what I realised was, like, yeah, you can, you can have everything, but at the sacrifice of your health or your mental health, it's not worth it. And mm -hmm. yeah, I agree with you. Like, it's but it's not easy. I can tell you that this much. It is not easy to work out that balance of of health, of relationships, friendships, building a life mm -hmm. outside of work uh, and career. Um, it's it's a very 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 difficult balance, and sometimes things lean more towards one end, and then sometimes lean more towards the other end. And I think it's always it's com for me, anyways. It's comforting to know that there'll always be you know some areas that are topped up and some areas that are underserved. Sure. But then you can you know move that attention. But it's just always kind of just you know some areas not some areas there. So it is very very difficult. Yeah, I think it does it requires a level of of awareness and recognizing that there's a cost and a payoff to everything like everything we say what we're saying yes to we're saying no to a million other things right and when we say no to something that frees up our time and energy to say yes to something that might be more aligned or more productive or the thing that's going to help us actually make the progress we want to make and i think that's the that's the thing that if we can as human beings recognize is like our lives are only as good as our choices. That's something I've really been thinking about, right? It's like our lives are as good as our choices. And every day, like we get to choose where am I going to spend my time, energy, money, and where I spend those show me what they're a good barometer of like our, our values, right? What am I saying yes to that is going to 
create the life in the future that I want, not just today, but also in the future. I've been thinking about this idea that to pursue pleasure, pursue the thing you want to right now, which might be a business it, like endeavor, it might be a relationship, it might be something, but if it requires me to suffer tomorrow, is it really satisfying, right? Is it really fulfilling or is it more sabotage? Because it's like the thing I'm building right now, is it also going to help me to experience pleasure and freedom and enjoyment, fulfillment later? So that's kind of been a, a measurement that I've been playing with recently when it comes to where, what am I saying yes to and what am I saying no to? And I'm curious, like for you, as you experience burnout and coming back from that, did you have a process? Like what, what did that look like for you um, in terms of recovery and getting back to a place that you felt was, was good for you? Yeah. So um, it actually took me a while to work out that I was burnt out. Like it took me a few weeks. I didn't mm. realize I was like, <laughs> why am I feeling this way? And then I was like, oh, I've just gone way too hard with work. And like, I love this stuff. Like it's really fun. And, and for me, yeah. like my whole thing is like, because I was working in a job and doing work that I didn't enjoy. So my whole thing is, you know, I think sure. life is too short to not do work you don't enjoy. So now I've found this thing uh, with Founder. It's it's so much fun. And, you know, there are, like I said, there are hard times. It's not all fun. But for the most part, for me, this is really fun. And yeah, it's easy to forget that. And so, um, you know, what did the process look like? I think... First, it was identifying that I was burnt out. I didn't realize that. It took me a few weeks, but yeah. things weren't right. And then it was really going on this this new journey of self-discovery around what, what why, and, and what do I need to do. So I did all sorts of things. I was doing acupuncture. I was getting regular uh, you know, myotherapy massages because uh, I think I was really mm-hmm. tense everywhere always. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was you know, speaking to somebody about it on a regular basis. Yeah. It was uh, getting a really, uh, really solid executive assistant. Uh, who's now my chief of staff, um, someone that can really yeah. help me manage things so I wasn't taking on as much. It was sure. looking at my calendar and making sure that I have breaks, like scheduled breaks. Yeah. It was going for walks, but like really focusing on my health and fitness. And believe it or not, when I burnt, was experiencing burnout, I was training like hardcore as well. So I was trying to push mm-hmm. on all areas. I was trying to push on health right. and get in like in the best shape of my life. I was trying to push on sure. business and, and keep growing founder. And like, so I think it was in fact focusing less on health and fitness, not in the sense I wasn't training as hard and just like trying to train the house right. down. Um, it was spending more time with friends and family. Oh, no, I probably I spent the same amount of time with family. Like I see my family a lot. Uh, but yeah, trying to dial up, seeing, spending more time with friends and, and, uh, less thinking about work. It was, it was, uh, also, I guess not working on weekends, and I still kind of manage that now. Um, I do work on Sundays, but I always have a Saturday off. Um, I might, if I have to work, I have to work, but where I can, I try and give myself one day free. And I also started, like I've always meditated over the years, but I started a daily practice of meditation. I've kind of come off it a little bit, but I'm still, I still meditate at least a few times a week. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it was really all of those things. Um, that, that yeah. took me on this journey and eventually things got better. Um, and sure. I delegated more, yeah. like I delegated more. Yeah. I, I realized that I just can't take on everything and I delegated more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's something that we we become aware of, but then it's like something we continually work at, right? And uh, striking that balance might change. You know, you might get married and that relationship needs more time and energy for a sp- certain season or then you have kids it's like okay where am I like turning these dials in my life um and building up the support structures around it that enable me to be able to show up powerfully in all of these areas needs right now like you guys in my life so nothing is ever not getting my attention but it's just getting my attention in the ways that it, you said it's not that I didn't work out but I wasn't pushing 
every day, like maybe working out to the extreme. Maybe it's like, okay, I'm going to do some yoga or try some more like conscious movement in different ways. And I think all of everything in our life requires energy. And it's like, how do I delegate that? And how do I just optimize our energy too? And sometimes it's just learning new practices that help us to get more out of our day. I, I was actually just interviewed a woman uh, named Emily Fletcher. If you don't know who she is, she's incredible. She started something called Ziva Meditation. And um, she talks about how stress is making us uh, stupid and slow and and sick. Ultimately, that stress is making us sick, stupid, and slow. And we can't just be going 24-7 without the best that not just sleep, but like actual rest and for for high achievers high performers ultra you know people who are have super high standards and are going for big dreams and goals I think that's one thing that is hard for people to wrap their arms around that rest is actually productive because we've been so conditioned to think if we take time off or if we rest or if we play or if we take time to connect that we're going to get behind yeah yeah look it's it's a really difficult balance story um and it's like i said i think i think you kind of in all the different areas sometimes you're up sometimes you're down and it's just this balance you have to balance them all um i was gonna say another thing before i forget that i was doing i don't do it anymore but i found it to be a game changer and i did it for about almost a year was float tanks really i've never tried that but i've wanted to sitting or well you're not sitting but you're floating in the water but but just taking time out just to think and have no distractions, no phone, no nothing. Mm-hmm. And I, when I first started doing it, I realized like, wow, the first time I did it, I was like, wow, this is really frustrating because, and it went so long, you're in, an, in this float tank for an hour. And I was like, wow, this is really frustrating. I don't like this. And what I realized was the reason I didn't like it was because I was so wired up, always on my phone, always speaking to someone, always doing something, always going to be somewhere. And I, that's when I realized, like, wow, I actually need to keep doing this because it's going to force me just to let it all go, to think and to relax and to be present. And, uh, yeah, so I to found that still. to be a game changer as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, any way that I think it, we can find that requires us to be with ourselves is sometimes confronting if we haven't been mindful of everything that's going on in our lives because we're like oh wow like my brain is really wired and it won't shut up and it's super active and it's just that awareness can you know can be pretty shocking when we have been externally like experiencing that in the world and then all the sudden you're internal and you're you're hearing yourself loud and clear in your own mind but a helpful practice and I definitely want to I wrote that down I'm going to go check out if there's one in Vegas I'm going to go try it and let you know how it is but I wanted to ask you because you've interviewed so many amazing people what do you think makes a great interview and are there any secrets that you have and how you prepare to interview someone for founder yeah I've interviewed a lot of people now um I think <laughs> Look, one that one that I think about a lot, and I only did it a couple of months ago, was with Scooter Braun. That was an incredible interview. Now I do so many that are amazing. It's always hard to choose, but sure. for him, there was just this extreme level of vulnerability that I've never really seen in a guest like going that deep. Um, so it was clear that he'd been doing a lot of deep work mm-hmm. and. Um, just the stories he was sharing. So so what makes a great interview? I think a lot of it comes down to the guest and how much they give, right? I think, you know, you can you can really try and push and, and you have to be prepared to kind of push and, and kind of, you know, really challenge because sometimes, you know, if, if somebody's um, not as present as you would like them to be, you kind of got to keep digging. Um, so for me, great interviews, yeah. just incredible stories. How do you get like just incredible stories? And with the kind of people that we speak to, they have insane stories. Like, you know, Scooter Borden was telling me how he mm-hmm. recently become good friends with Jeff Bezos and what he's been learning from him. He told me about this, you know, this journey of self-discovery he went down and, you know, all these different things. And now how he doesn't like to refer to himself as a Scooter, it's Scott. 
like all, all this crazy stuff. So I think it's it's got to be mm. incredible stories and as many as possible. It's got to be vulnerability um, now at, at varied levels, right? But but it's got to be the real stuff. Sure. It's got it's it can't be surface level. It's got to be especially in the for for us in the for me anyways in the entrepreneurship space. It's like how. How do we go a couple of layers deeper of what it really takes, or, or, or what really happened, or how did you really do it? And right. and I think, as well, it's got to come back to relatability to your audience, right? Like, how do you how do you kind of get out of the guest really great stuff that's going to help them? But I think stories, vulnerability, yeah, and that ability to go a little bit deeper um, on actually what are the sacrifices what did you have to give up how did you actually do this thing how do you how, how do you make it super valuable to the listener or or the viewer um, yeah and I think that ability to ask incredible questions that, 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 that those great questions you can wing it if you've got an incredible guest right like these guests and their experiences and their ability you know they've coached so many people by the time I'm speaking to them, that they're great at, at just kind of teaching and talking mm-hmm. and coaching and giving feedback and, and talking through and articulating things. But yeah. um, you, you've just got to get better and better and better at asking the right questions. I think you've got to really listen. You know, the like the, the, the secret to a, a great yeah. conversationalist is what you don't say. And it's like, like letting that other person mm. speak for 80% of the time, 90% of the time, and that's right. what I focus on. Um, I'm not, like that's what's I think different about me. When I'm doing interviews, I I don't, I, I'm just, I just want to learn. And that natural curiosity, I think that makes a great mm-hmm. interviewer and an interviewer as well. Having that natural, genuine curiosity and wanting to discover and go, go down certain pathways with people. In regards to preparation, to be honest, I have an incredible producer, Charlie, who's sitting right next to me, right? Like he, 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 he does amazing research and he really, he knows our audience. He, he, he understands the guests. So I think that's, that's, a, that's another thing these days where I have a, a little bit of extra help. So um, mm-hmm. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. Are there any other standout uh, interviews that you've done that were just like your favorite? Scooter sounds amazing, but are there any others that you just you think on fondly, or that you learned that you experienced something that was super unexpected? It's oh, tough, Tori. There's been so many. It's like this huge, like wrapped up into a blur. Sure. I like I can draw on it. Someone was asking me this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Actually, I can. You can draw on it when it happens, but like, or when you have like this situation, when you situation on, like, oh, I remember this person told me this, but. I think um, Scooter's most recent one was, yeah, like was a recent one that was really, really awesome. I've really, really enjoyed speaking with uh, Jamie Kern-Lima. Her story is incredible. She was, uh, she was one of the first people to sell to L'Oreal for over a billion dollars. Um, and she has an incredible story. Wow. Uh, I, I found that just amazing oh look there's been so many but no th- those are a couple that come to mind immediately but it's it's tough to be honest sure. like yeah i wish yeah. i i wish i could say yeah. yeah yeah i get it it's hard to narrow them down i i'm in the same same boat and i know you know if people are interested and they want to know more and they want to listen to some of these interviews or even actually get educated on how to start building their own business their own podcast starting their side hustle tell people what founder is up to now and how people can go find out what resources are available to them yeah so look for us the magazine and the interviews is a is a very very small part of founder now um as i said like we're we've always been an education company i just uh now we're just going deeper with with online courses and programs and 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 really we're getting yeah a lot of the people we interview to to teach now on all sorts of different topics we'll we're launching a membership product next month, which is really exciting, called Founder Plus, and it's where all of our focus and attention is going, and and you get access to all of our courses, uh, and we're releasing one new course a month. Eventually, in the next couple of years, it'll be one mm. new course a week, and we want to build wow. a uh, 
a really incredible learning platform when it comes to entrepreneurial education. So, you know, if, if, if you'd like to check out our free content, go to founder.com. If you'd like to check out uh, any of our online programs, it's all on the website. Uh, Founder Plus might be of interest to you. Uh, if you would like a free copy, free subscription to the magazine, we're now kind of pivoting to, the, to a freemium model, um, you can sign up. Just go to founder.com forward slash membership and okay. you can get a free subscription to the magazine. Amazing. Can you give people an idea like what, what types of courses might they come across um, that you guys are offering? Like what are some of those subjects that they might, might see are available? Yeah, so how to start an e-commerce business, how to write copy, how to do email marketing. We've got a course coming out okay. end of this month, uh, late late next late uh, sorry early next month, on how to create TikTok, uh, how to do TikTok advertising. Uh, nice. We've got a course coming on how to come up with your idea with uh, one of the co-founders of Square. We've got a course oh, wow. on personal branding coming up. Uh, like so many different topics we've got we've got a course on finance finance for founders we've got some courses on leadership like it's it's ever evolving but this is the best thing that we've ever built at founder so there's going to be courses on leadership hiring culture team building how to start a business how to grow a business and also different topics right not just how to start an e-commerce business if you want to start a digital agency how to start a digital agency or how to even create online programs so yeah it imagine Amazing. everything you need to learn on your journey where we're, we're kind of ever evolving building out that that platform founder's going to be the online mba at this point the, the modern modern That's, day mba that people actually can use and is actually practical <laughs> i love it that that's the ambition honestly yeah you know it tori that's the ambition like you can spend you know 30 40 50 grand mm-hmm. a, on an mba or or you can roll in Founder Plus. It'll be like $1,500 a year. Yeah. Like super cost affordable. I mean, and the value there is is just off the charts because this stuff is real time. This is what's happening in the market. This is These are the tactics and the strategies that are working from the people who've, who are using them at the highest levels. This is not like, hey, let's, let's analyze a PepsiCo commercial from, you know, the 1990s, <laughs> you know, that you might get in, in school yeah. now. Um, so this is practical, real world, applicable information. And so if you guys have big dreams, like I know you do, because um, you listen to the show and there's something that you want to create, whether you're already on that path or you're thinking about it, Founder is going to be your go-to place and resource, um, not just for you know courses, but also just continue daily inspiration and um, interviews. So I highly recommend you guys go check it out. We're going to put links to everything that we just mentioned into the show notes. Um, we try to make it as easy as possible for you to get your hands on this material and to connect with Nathan. Um, where are you online? How can people follow you and uh, stay connected with you outside of Founders website? So I don't really grow my personal brand, believe it or not, Tori. But that's going to change. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's not a focus. Never, okay. never has been. So, but it, but it will be, I think, in the future. Um, but you can just find okay. me on just Nathan Chan on Instagram or Nathan H Chan on Twitter. Okay. All right. Well, we're going we're gonna to put you out there and we'll get you some followers so that the, the personal brand thing can come along. Um, but you're welcome back anytime. Thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate you and excited for all that you're doing and that's coming. Um, and uh, is there anything final you want to share with the audience? Any, any last words that you have for us? Thanks so much, Tori. Look, this has been a ton of fun. I really appreciate the opportunity and really appreciate your time. Um, Look, I would just say for anybody listening, life is too short to not do work you don't enjoy. And, you know, if you want to start that business, just go for it. What have you got to lose? And we'd love to come on the journey with you, helping you some way, shape or form, whether it's through Founder Plus or not. We've got a ton of content that we can help you. And uh, we're here to serve however we can. Yeah. Hey, this audience, we're coachable. We're willing to learn and grow and do things better. <laughs> so uh, you're in the right place if you guys are, are looking to grow. Founder's a great way to do it. Increase your income, your impact, all of the above. Nathan, thanks for being here. You guys, share it with a friend. Be a hero to somebody. If you know that they're struggling, they need to make some money, they need to 
figure out what they love to do and they need meaningful work in their lives, share this with somebody. We appreciate you. We love you. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next week on the Coachable Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.